Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 27th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. With only Republicans supporting her confirmation, Amy Coney Barrett became the first Supreme Court justice since Edwin Stanton during Reconstruction in 1869 to be confirmed without any bipartisan support. Advanced on a 52 to 48 vote and quickly sworn in Monday night at the White House, the 48-year-old becomes the 115th justice and the fifth woman in the court's 231-year history. One week from Election Day, more than 60 million Americans have already cast their ballots for president, and the incumbent trails in the polls. Republicans privately acknowledge that if the election was today, they're more likely than not to lose control of the Senate. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, voted to confirm now Justice Brett Kavanaugh in 2018 and to put Barrett on the circuit court in 2017. But he decried Senate Republicans for further politicizing the high court and said they will rue the day that they did so. Republican presidents have now appointed 15 of the most recent 19 justices, including six of the current nine. That's all the more remarkable when you consider that the Republican candidate for president has only won the national popular vote once since 1988. That was George W. Bush's re-election in 2004. And Republican senators have only represented a majority of the American population for one two-year stretch in the last three decades. Republicans celebrated what they acknowledged was a raw display of pure political power. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Republican from Kentucky, said on the floor, the reason we were able to do what we did in 2016, 2018, and 2020 is because we had the majority. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer countered, the American people will never forget this blatant act of bad faith. In an outdoor ceremony at the White House an hour after that exchange, Justice Clarence Thomas administered the constitutional oath to Barrett, with Trump and several Republican senators looking on. Barrett, who faced repeated questions at her confirmation hearings about Trump's preferred outcome for court rulings, delivered brief remarks on judicial independence, an unusual move for a new justice. Chief Justice John Roberts didn't want to go to the White House, so he will administer the judicial oath in a private ceremony at the court this afternoon. Barrett came under pressure from Democratic senators to recuse herself from any election-related challenges involving the president, but Barrett declined to do so. The court resumes oral arguments next Monday, and two of its biggest cases of the term are scheduled for next week, including the challenge to the Affordable Care Act. While the rest of the country is still counting votes, next Wednesday on November 4th, Sungmin Kim reports that the Supremes will take up a legal fight from Philadelphia, where city officials ended a contract with Catholic Social Services to provide foster care services because the agency said it would not accept applications from married same-sex couples. A lower court has agreed that the city can enforce its anti-discrimination policy, which protects sexual orientation. Barrett is likely to support overturning that. Barrett will meet with her new eight colleagues in a private conference on Friday to review cases that could still be added to the docket for this term. There are several emergency requests pending before the court, two involving election procedures in the battleground states of North Carolina and Pennsylvania, as well as an emergency request from Trump to get the court to temporarily stop a subpoena from the Manhattan District Attorney seeking the president's private financial records as part of a fraud investigation. Last night, the Supreme Court rejected a request to extend Wisconsin's deadline for counting mail-in ballots. The vote was 5-3. to three with the Republican-nominated conservatives in the majority and the Democratic-nominated liberals in dissent. 
these pandemic-related election cases have come to dominate the agenda. The court's conservatives say they should defer to state officials on election decisions. The liberal justices say there's a need for dramatic action by the courts to ensure the franchise for endangered voters in this unprecedented time. Consider this. Five red states have refused to make any accommodations at all as a result of COVID. Cases are rising again in Texas, but most voters fearful of infection are not allowed to cast ballots by mail. For the limited number who qualify with a separate excuse, Republican Governor Greg Abbott has restricted drop-off locations to one per county. And when the Democratic stronghold of Harris County, which is where Houston is, took steps to make voting easier, GOP leaders sued local officials. Elise Vebeck and Arellis Hernandez report that almost all of the roughly 30 million registered voters who live in Texas, Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee have no choice but to go cast their ballots in person next week. But folks in places like Harris County, which includes Houston, are turning out in droves despite the barriers erected by Abbott and his compatriots. Nearly 7.4 million Texans have already cast their ballot, exceeding the total 2016 early vote by nearly 3 million. Despite that turnout surge, voting rights advocates fear that rules in these states limit access to the ballot box for less privileged groups, including younger voters, people of color, and this year, people with medical conditions that leave them more vulnerable to COVID. In Michigan, the newest flashpoint in the voting wars is whether to allow guns at polling places. Untold millions of Americans will be able to show up at their voting location openly carrying firearms, something that has unnerved law enforcement officials and experts nationwide at a time of pitched anxiety over whether clashes or violence could break out before, on, or after Election Day. Six states, plus D.C., ban firearms at polling locations entirely. Another four ban concealed weapons at these spots. Others, though, have no special rules, though guns might be outlawed at some polling locations by virtue of them being at churches or schools. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, a Democrat, invoked the possibility of voter intimidation when she announced that she is banning openly carried firearms at any polling place as well as within 100 feet of any entrance to a polling place. Her move has prompted a lawsuit from three pro-gun rights groups who argue that her directive was, quote, conjured without any legal basis under Michigan law. Benson's directive also prompted pushback from right-wing law enforcement officials in Michigan, including Michael Murphy, the sheriff of Livingston County, who said in a video statement on Facebook that he will not enforce the directive. Appeals in this case could wind up before Barrett and the other eight justices. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts.